they say we often have $100 reactions to $10 problems. Um, it's, it's finding out what the other $90 are about. So sometimes it's $30 is something recent and $60 is something deep in the past. Mm -hmm. And, and this just helped bring all of it into context and go, you know what? I don't need a relationship to prove anything. I don't need to be somebody that I'm not. Um, I can go through, you know, and enjoy singleness if that is best course of action for now. Um, And I can talk to people about things that have hurt me or, voices that have been in my head. I'm not crazy. Um, I've just been hurt. And it's okay to talk about these things because confessing and being authentic and being vulnerable is what brings that healing that is so necessary to move forward. Welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, we have the one and only Austin Gerland. Austin is originally from Houston, Texas. He's had the opportunity to live in Germany, where he acted in theatrical productions, and also Sydney, Australia, where he graduated, studying film and TV ministry at Hillsong College. Austin is known to be forgiving, loving, and loyal. He loves the outdoors and eats pretty much whatever you hand him. He's also an avid film photographer, lover of Jesus and people, and the ultimate dad joker. Y'all, it brings me great joy to have on my friend, Austin. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Megan. Appreciate you. I <laughs> appreciate having you on, Austin. For y'all that, um, if y'all don't know Austin, he is, I have to say, one of the funniest people, my Lantis. Me and Austin, actually, we met in Australia originally, but we didn't really like, we knew of each other. It was like a high and by. And then we had the honor of being at our friend's wedding in Hawaii where you, we were um, bridesmen and groomsmen. And obviously being in the wedding squad, we spent, you know, all together a lot of time and, and sharing stories and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, this kid is hilarious. Like what in the world? <laughs> Before I thought you were just so quiet in Australia, but I'm like, once you get to know you, you don't mm-hmm. stop. thanks Megan I mean I don't know it uh I I appreciate that I make you laugh and uh it's it's such an honor to be here you you crack me up as well um it seems to run in your family and um it's just an honor that we have gotten the chance to to know each other quite a bit more than um obviously we did there in, in Sydney and uh yeah I guess it was meant to be now I'm here and this is incredible so it's an honor yeah it honestly was so much fun and One thing that stood out so much to me was, and really, um, as we spoke about before, like a lot of um, this conversation is going to be on a specific topic. And it's something that you had lightly mentioned in Hawaii. And Mm -hmm. once I got to talk um, to you more about it, once you got to talk to me more about it and kind of dig a little deeper, I was like, wow, like you have a whole story. And Mm -hmm. I think it was one um, day... I'm not sure what we were talking about, talking about at that moment, but the conversation of, oh, you know, when I was younger, I was bullied, you know? Mm, Yeah. And I remember when you said that I was so shocked. I was so shocked because I was like, Austin bullied as a kid. What? Like this guy is hilarious. He's full of life and joy and, and, and cracking jokes left and right in my head. I'm like, 
how in the world was he a bully when he brings so much life to wherever he goes, you know? And mm-hmm. so that, when you said that, it never left my head. I was like, wow, I really, I really want to know your story. I really want to know, you know, what your story is and also like how you got to where you are and, and who you are, who you've become. Yeah. So awesome. Nobody else better than you to share your story. So I was wondering, can you just um, bring us back, you know, uh, the listeners to what it was like growing up in middle school, transitioning to high school and all the things that you've learned along your journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, uh, by the way, you, you summed up um up into this point really well. I appreciate that. Um, as you said, yeah, I was, I was bullied. Um, really that started primarily in, in junior high. Um, I just was that kid that wasn't athletic. I was more the, the nerd, uh, if you will, um, you know, using the lingo, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it typically would be that thing that took place in, in, um, the locker room and, uh, you know, both verbally and, and physically, um, from being called things like gay and worthless, um, at a time where I'm going through puberty, uh, and, and then, you know, being shoved around, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I eventually kind of shoved back. Um, but it wasn't before the damage had kind of been done. And it's unfortunate because I was going to a private school, um, and had been going to church, uh, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I looked at that and I go, why, why is this happening in a place that should be full of Christians? I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't feel the need to do this. Why, why are these Christians doing this? And, and so, you know, not thinking about how broken they probably are or were or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, that went on for, for quite a while, um, leading me to decide to move to, um, public school in freshman year of high school. And, um, the reason I did that is because some of my friends that I went to church with were um, at the high school. And I was like, well, at least I can be close to these people that I feel like are acting in a more moral way, (laughs) if you will. Um, Thankfully uh, I ended up making kind of my own friend group um, there in in high school. And I didn't feel the same kind of clicky environment um, just because I wasn't athletic uh, that I did whenever I was in junior high. And um, anyway, uh, these, these guys, they were a lot more charismatic and outgoing, even though I was an outgoing person, uh, more, more outgoing than I was, uh, very much kind of the ladies guys, if you will. And, um, I, I found myself kind of in the background. I, I wasn't quite at that point where I was comfortable enough with myself, um, to, to put myself out there. I was just happy having friends and, and getting to know people and, um, being friends with everybody. Um, but these guys became my friends, regardless of uh, the, the differences we had, regardless of the lifestyles that they were choosing, um, the drinking, the, the sex, the um, partying, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I still considered them my friends, you know, my, my closest friends. And um, so I eventually followed them um, a year after I, I, I stayed behind um, after I graduated for one year um, at a community college while they went off to a university in San Antonio. But shortly after I, I followed suit. And um, even though I didn't feel like fraternity life was for me and neither did my friends, 
Um, there was one that came onto campus that was uh, with founded on Christian morals and um, they were kind of starting up on campus and, and somehow got my contact info as well as the contact info of my friends. And uh, shortly after we all found ourselves in that fraternity and I, I very quickly found myself plunged into what most would consider like the frat life. Um, even though I, I was a president of that fraternity and, and things looked very different for me. Um, I found myself engaging in those things that I had previously kind of stood away from. I was now on my own, had to make decisions for myself and, and quickly got engaged in things that, you know, I otherwise would not have. Um, but I was kind of peer pressured into it. I, I you know, I felt like this is a, I'm a fraternity guy. This is what fraternity guys do. Um, but internally feeling like this isn't exactly aligning with who I am. Mm -hmm. Something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, that led to one spring break, um, was with my fraternity brothers. Um, and I was kind of coerced into, um, agreeing to have sex with this girl. And, um, and you know, I wasn't, uh, wanting to per se, it was like, well, up until that point, I really wanted to save myself for marriage. And, um, you know, I just was like, this is a value that I hold really dear. Um, but my friends kind of peer pressured me into it. And it was, it was unfortunate because, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, why are my friends pushing me to do this? I know we're guys and that sort of thing, but why aren't they respecting my wishes? Mm -hmm. Um, and afterwards, uh, you know, they were, they were kind of present after the whole ordeal and were like, Hey, we, we always thought you were gay, you know, high-fiving me and stuff, but making a mm -hmm. comment like that, you know, while they might not have thought twice about the comment because it's something guys probably do, they had no idea that that just reopened an old wound. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, man, I thought bullying stopped in junior high and, and high school. I had no idea that it would have continued now, but now this wound is open again and it's been opened by guys that I thought knew me best. Mm. And so, yeah, I found myself kind of with an, a really big open wound that I began to kind of fill um, with the, the wrong things. I tried to prog progress into relationships that were, um, you know, I was seeking validation and affirmation trying to prove of who I thought I was, who I believed myself to be um, and, and prove to these women, I'm not who these guys say I am. I'm not who I've been told I was in the past. Um, and I'm going to use sex to prove it. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of um, what bullying led me on this, this journey to. Wow. Well, Austin, thank you so much for just being so open and sharing your story. And you said so many things. I'm like, wow, I want to piggyback off that. But first of all, I wanted to start off saying thank you. You know, I know that's not easy to share, but knowing that, you know, if you went through that and you felt that as a guy, I'm sure there are many other guys that have either experienced that or maybe are experiencing that right now. And mm. one thing that you said was very interesting and I have some guy friends, so I get different, you know, perspectives. And it's, it's interesting when we think of peer pressure, sometimes when it comes to those things like sex and stuff, like we, 
sometimes people think like only girls get peer pressure to do it, right? Like Mm -hmm. only girls do, but then we sometimes don't know because we may not take the time to listen to a story or hear someone out and then saying like, no guys struggle with peer pressure too. You know, guys struggle with bullying too. And I think it's this stigma, like you said, the macho man where, where guys, you know, they have this, like we have it all together and we're good and we'll crack jokes and we'll bully, but you know, we laugh about it. We laugh it off. So it's not really stinging, but I'm sure your friends had no idea the wounds that they were reopening in you from middle school. Right. And, and these, um, it's just, it makes me wonder and think like, wow, if you went through that, how many other people are going through that? Mm. But, you know, having conversation and and speaking to you about um, that, I want to ask you, Austin, for people who are listening, right? Maybe there are a couple of guys that are listening right now and they're, they're like, man, this is, this is hitting home. Like that is exactly what I went through. That's what I'm going through right now. And maybe there, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, wow, that's me. I'm with a group of friends that, yeah, they're fun, but their morals don't align up with my morals. You know, they're, they're not really on the same mission as me and and they're a good time, but, but they're not there for me when I need a real friend. Mm. Austin, what would you tell those people that are stuck in the atmosphere of peer pressure. And it's like, they're too afraid to say something to their friends. Cause they're like the only friends they have, mm. but then you also know the consequences of staying around that group. If you don't take action, can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, at the time I didn't feel like I had the ability to say no, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't exactly know how to say no. Um, but I would encourage guys is realize, know that you do have that power. Um, it may lead to them, you know, poking fun or saying things about you, but um, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for who you are. Um, and also, you know, begin to, to ask yourself, what are the things that I'm passionate about? What are the things that I enjoy doing mm-hmm. environments that I enjoy being in um, where I'm, I feel fully alive. I feel like I'm not being um, pressured to do this, but I actually want to be doing this. Um, It doesn't leave me with a a bad feeling the next morning or even, you know, as you're doing it, whatever the case may be. Um, And then find other people that are doing that as well. Whether it's the gym, whether it's, uh, you know, going wakeboarding, for example, or, you know, can, it can be any number of things, whatever that is that you enjoy um, find that thing, find and find other people that, that enjoy that and, and build a bond with them. It doesn't mean that you can't still be around those people that, that, um, you know, maybe, uh, are, are living that other life. You know, um, I've, I've actually found fruit, you know, granted, I, I separated myself quite a bit from these guys, um, as I may share, but, um, what I found is that by remaining in contact Um, I've gotten to see the journey that we've all gone on, right? And I've gotten to go on that journey myself, but in a safer place by kind of being in an environment that I felt I could be myself. I could be fully myself and be respected as that and not be peer pressured into being somebody that I I wasn't. Because I ended up and I ended up becoming kind of someone that they wanted me to be instead of being who I knew myself to be, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah. So I just encourage them find what you love, find people that you enjoy to do it with, that you love to do it with and do those things because those people, you, you end up building those authentic relationships, probably from a place where you're just having fun, but real genuine fun. It doesn't have to be involved in alcohol, drugs, sex, partying, um, you know, all those things, you know, are, are there's a time and a place for most of those things, drugs, you know, like, Hey, look, they're called drugs for a reason. They're, they're illegal. Stay away kids. But yes. you know, <laughs> kids, uh, adults, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, don't do, don't do drugs. Um, you know, alcohol is, you know, like in moderation when you're, you know, illegal um, or in front of the, the right people or whatever sex in the confines of marriage. Um, but all of it has a time and a place and, and, and all of it can be beautiful in its time. So that that's so good. And that's, that's a real place because it's interesting. I feel like we kind of grew up in similar uh, environments. I mean, I didn't necessarily, I didn't go to any private school or Christian school. Like I always went to public schools, but growing up in middle school and high school, uh, great friends, great people. Uh, But I was, you know, every weekend you'd find me at a party, you know, and, and I look back now and realizing I thought I had to do certain things or to, to feel some type of way, right. Or, or to fit in or that peer pressure of like, I don't want to do this, but everybody around me saying, do it, do it. And you know, your gut, it's like, your gut's like warning you like, Hey, like, this isn't like, it's like the fight or flight, like something in me is fighting, but then also, I care so much about my reputation, you know, am I gonna, am I yeah. gonna, am I willing to risk my reputation to, to follow my gut and, mm. and to live up to my integrity? And yeah. sadly, in, in some cases in high school, that wasn't the case. I, I risked my integrity and I risked my gut because I was like, but because I want to be cool because I want people mm-hmm. to see that I can do this and that I can fit in. Right. Yeah. And then looking back now, obviously hindsight growing up and, and finding out why we do the things that we do. I was like, wow, that just came all out of a root of insecurity of, of me not being, you know, firm enough. And again, that wasn't the case in all of high school. I can just remember like that certain scenarios and parties are like, Oh, just do this or just do that. Or just drink this. And, and realize like, this isn't what I want to do, but this is who I'm with. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I can also say, as you said, like you have the power, you have the courage, like you don't need to stay in that environment. You don't need to stay with those friends. And you know, it's a, the, it's a real fear of like, but if they're not my friends, who am I going to be friends with? Right. Like it's a real, um, like worry of like, well, they're like my squad They're We have a group chat together. We go, like, we have a whole, like we go on vacation together. Like if I don't have them, who am I going to have? And let me just say, like, I've gone seasons where like, I lost all of my friends, like Mm. from high school to, to college, I lost a lot. And, um, a lot of it was because I had just gone into my journey of finding Jesus and, and, and learning more of who he was and, and coming out of a very religious background and stepping into more of a relationship with him. Right. Yeah. And realizing that again, my friends weren't bad people. They're not bad people, but their lifestyle, it was just, it was black and white. It was just two Mm. different lifestyles. And because I had learned the courage to say, no, I I don't need to be in that. I I, I can love on them from afar. I can get coffee with them. I can go on a lunch date with them, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to risk my integrity and risk my morals and my values 
to fit in with them. You yeah. know, I can yeah. love them. And I, and, and, and that's like, I'm a, I have that strength now where I can hang out with them and we can be together, but I'm not going to put myself in an environment where I know I can't resist the temptation. That's right. That's right. Choose when and where to hang out with these kind of people um, that that could potentially put you in a in a bad place of, of temptation. Um, and I just want to touch on something you talked about, where you know you felt like your integrity was on the line or your um, popularity. Um, I, I did find myself put in a moment where um, you know in my in my fraternity journey, where um, a lot of these guys were choosing. Um, you know, alcohol, uh, and, and just binge drinking and partying and that sort of thing over, um, true relationship, which, um, I had lost my brother in, in 2007. And so my, um, my heart was really for building relationship with these guys, you know, genuine brotherhood. Um, and, you know, even though that sometimes involved the, the drinking and the partying for my story, um, eventually what I wanted was apart from all that, um, I, I found this time where I was like, let's set all this kind of stuff aside and let's, let's actually just come together sober and hang out. We went camping. Um, but, uh, the, the camping side was respected, but everybody chose to come and bring alcohol and binge drink and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and, and I decided to take a stand and say something and it did put my integrity on the line. I, I lost uh, a lot of friends, mm-hmm. you know, quotes. Um, but I found out who my true friends were, you know, those, those that actually, um, stood by me, even though it was far fewer than I had really hoped for. Um, I, I found out who my, my true friends were and I was able to move on from that feeling so much more free, feeling so much more free, having stood up and going, you know what, at least I'm walking away from this knowing I stood up for what I believe in and I stood up for actually trying to do the right thing and bring these guys together and help them see true relationship and see true bonding. Um, and, and then I've gotten to walk away with those that, that truly valued the same thing. And, um, you know, and, and some have found the error of their ways and, and we've come to like actually become friends since then, but I wasn't going to compromise who I realize I was simply because all these people didn't want to do this. And it was, I mean, honestly, I want to encourage anybody listening is like, there were like probably 40 guys. And even though um, I had fallen victim, you know, I, I once again made a decision uh, to do kind of the, the wrong thing. I'm corrected the own error of my ways. And I said, no, I'm going to live up to this. I'm going to admit where I was at fault. I'm going to admit where I was at fault and also ask these other guys to do the same so that we can move forward with integrity. Yeah. Because we're all compromising our integrity by doing these things. Yeah. And I just wanted to take the stand. That's so good. And honestly, like, I feel like the right people are going to admire this stand that the stand that you take to, Mm -hmm. you know, follow your morals and follow your standards. And, And I feel like sometimes you know, it ties into like peer pressure and bullying is like, well, you know, I'll do this. So I don't get bullied. Right. I'll talk like this. I'll dress like this. I'll hang out with them. I'll do this. I'll drink that just so I'm not bullied. But then understanding it, it's like, 
because if you, yeah, you may not get bullied, but then you have to heal later on in your life, this mm. facade that you put on because deep, deep down, you know, you're not living your truest authentic self. Yeah. Right. And I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm a living testimony of, of just when God takes, I believe cut certain friendships that he knows aren't growing fruit, you know, he never takes something out of your life to not replace it with something better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you've heard, I'm sure everyone's heard like there's friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for a lifetime. And, and a lot of times I can look back at my friendships and see what they taught me and, and be grateful for that. Um, but then also saying like, wow, like that friend left, but then this other friend came in, it was just like, Mm-hmm. rock solid, true, genuine, authentic. There is no bullying. There is no peer pressure. And when you finally step away from that and you have the courage, you may go through a season of isolation. Not, I don't want to say isolation because that, that word, it's, it's not uh, a season of just not, you know, being everywhere with everyone. Maybe you're a season to yourself of solitude, right? Maybe you're in a season of figuring yourself out. And maybe sometimes it takes getting away from everybody for a season to figure out what do I want? You know, who do I want to be? You know, show me your five best friends. I'll show you who you become in five years. Like it's so cliche because it's so true, you know? And I want to ask you, Austin, because I remember we had spoken about this um, a little bit ago about when you were at Hillsong College, how a lot of these things started to surface again. Um, not necessarily because of people bullying you, but just because you were again in the context of a Christian, you know, college and, a, you know, Bible college. Right. So right. it was like that, um, projecting your past pain to your present mm-hmm. moment. You wow. know? So yeah. how yeah. did you Austin navigate through that to mm-hmm. where you weren't projecting your pain to your present? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Actually, it was within like probably the first week I was at Hillsong College. I started to have some of those voices from my past um, start to play through my head. And I was like, why are they coming back now? You know, I had gone for several years where um, I didn't really have those voices playing and I, you know, was doing quite fine and all that sort of thing. But I realized, like you said, I was like, I'm back in a Christian environment. Um and I feel like I'm back in, in junior high again, you know, and it wasn't like I was being bullied. Nobody was like sitting there picking on me. I had friends, um, you know, but because of the way I was feeling, I suddenly kind of felt like that kid that was being picked last on the team again, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, because I, it was almost like this self-fulfilling prophecy. I allowed that to play mm. through my head um, and then was, you know, a little bit skeptical of a lot of situations. And at first I just try, tried to downplay it again. I was like, no, I've dealt with this already. I've dealt with this already, you know? Um, but I think that God brings things into um, our present moment, like you were saying, like in order to deal with a past pain, mm-hmm. Right it wasn't like I had dealt with it. It was just that I had been delivered from it in the sense that God had moved me out of that environment. And so far away, I didn't have to deal with it anymore. Suddenly it brought me to this place where it was like, okay, now it's time. Now it's time. 
Um, and I, I found myself uh, back in a relationship, once again, still kind of suppressing um, what was going on. But the voices got louder and I was in the context of a Christian relationship. So I didn't want to make the decisions I had made before. Um, but I was, I was really struggling because it was like, you know, the old me would do this, but the new me is wanting to do this. And I've got these voices playing through my head. And so why is all this the case? Um, and so I eventually decided to get into um, to pastoral care or, you know, kind of like therapy or counseling um, and began to talk through uh, some of this stuff. And it was so hard initially because I was sitting there telling like, oh, if I confess that this person's going to look at me through that lens. Mm. This person's going to look at me through that lens that I don't see myself in, through, mm. but it's not the case. If I, I mean, like it, it was so freeing to realize that, no, that these people are genuinely want to help. And once you find your true friends or, you know, like once again, find out who your true friends are, you know, and, and be willing to share if yeah. they're not reciproc, you know, reciprocative or, um, and, and open to, to talking with you as you confess and, and try to bring healing, you know, I'm not saying vent, but it brings so much healing. Sometimes finding those people that you can open up to, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, like, for example, Megan, you're that person, you know, like that, you know, people can, can read people, I think. And, and I found that when we were in Hawaii and I know that this, these stories, you know, because I found healing are things that I can talk about and now, bring healing hopefully to others. So it, uh, it led to me actually going home to a, um, I spent six months, um, because I came home and officiated my little sister's wedding and decided to spend a stint at home. But I, in that time, I attended a conference that was about sexual purity and healing and that sort of thing for men that have faced, um, sexual addictions, um, from pornography or, um, you know, in a sexual relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And um, really allowed me um, to go through about six months worth of counseling in about three days um, because of how intense this program is. Wow. And I was able to discover the root of a lot of issues. Um, they say we often have a hundred dollar reactions to $10 problems. Um, it's, it's finding out what the other $90 are about. So sometimes it's $30 is something recent and $60 is something deep in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and this just helped bring all of it into context and go, you know what? I don't need a relationship to prove anything. I don't need to be somebody that I'm not. Um, I can go through you know, and enjoy singleness if that is the best course of action for now. Um, and I can talk to people about things that have hurt me or voices that have been in my head. I'm not crazy. Um, I've just been hurt. And it's okay to talk about these things because confessing and being authentic and being vulnerable is what brings that healing that is so necessary to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was so good. Thank you so much, Austin. And it's so awesome. You said what takes sometimes people six months you uncovered in three days at a conference. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that was not easy because that was like, you must've felt all the emotions hit in one weekend, but how much more free are you now? And sometimes people think of the word freedom and 
they think of like living a certain lifestyle, you know, having this, having that very materialistic, like, you know, and it's like, but what is true freedom and true freedom is being able to know, like you can, you're living with no guilt, living with no shame, living with no, um, like not holding the pain from your past, right? It's not saying it never happened. It's acknowledging like, yeah, this happened and this happened and man, that was hard. And I do not want to relive those moments, but I'm now wiser. I now know more. I now can be a light for others. I can uh, lead people, you know, in a better way than the way I chose or the things that I had to go through, you know? And so I think you nailed it when, when you said authenticity and honesty and, and just when you take that, you know, all of that and you put it out on a table and someone can look at you, not be afraid of it. Someone can be like, okay, let's talk about it. You know, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's crazy to think that not many, a lot of people choose not to do that, you know, cause they're so scared to deal with it, but it's like, but if, if they could just taste the freedom that comes from that, oh my gosh, you know, yes, it, you have to be very courage. It's very a courageous thing to do and a very brave thing to do. But when you do that, it's just, it's so, I wish everybody could taste that, you know? And the thing is that everybody can, but will they have the courage to take the first step to actually do it? You know, and, sure. and from hearing your story from, um, if you've heard this podcast before, I'm pretty sure you've heard bits and pieces of my story too. We both took in that courageous step, but Hey, now we are living in the benefits of living in that freedom, right? Living that freedom that God's never called us to live in a life of defeat. You know, he didn't call us to live in a life of defeat, but a victorious life, a life of freedom and a life of abundance, you know? And so I just hope if, if you know, you're, you know, you have things in your heart that you're like, man, I want that freedom. I want to talk to somebody about it. You know, so many mm-hmm. times people underestimate the power of sharing something to someone like, no, like when there's something dark and you put light into it, guess what? That darkness can no longer live. Like it can literally no longer live. And so whether that's a friend or a family member, you know, someone at your church or just even a good friend, just getting that off your chest, man, it just takes a load off. And, and once you reveal one thing, guess what? There'll be more, but that's nothing to be afraid of. That's just part of life. That's a part of like, we're all human. We all, we all got our gunk, but let's not let our gunk stay there. You know, let's deal with it. And, and sometimes it's day by day, you know, um, my hard days, I say day by day. And when it's a really, really hard one, I say moment by moment. And when I barely can do it, I'm like, girl, take it minute by minute, you know? So they, it's, 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 I, I want to elaborate. I'm elaborating on this because it's so important. It's so yeah. important. And, and if you can see from other people that have had on, they've, they've shared their courageous stories and the things that they've had to go through. But again, you're now living a life of freedom and you can be you like Austin, you can be Austin and you're not afraid of what people are going to say. You're not afraid of what group you're going to be in. Cause you're like, I'm going to attract the right people in my life. And you have, you have an awesome group of friends all over the world, you know, Germany, Australia, Hawaii, now one in Miami, let's go, you know? Oh. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, Austin, I wanted to ask you, um, the last and a final question of the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? 
Wow. Um, it's a phenomenal question. I think for one, I, I would have told my younger self to be unapologetically myself. Mm. Um, and I just have learned that nobody can be you, but you, nobody can replace you, but you, um, I've seen so much more fruit born out of my life by being myself. Um, more healing has come, better friendships have come, um, more opportunities have come. Um, someone will see through fa their facade. Mm -hmm. um, on, on one hand, uh, I'm thankful because it was people that pointed out at times, you know, this, this isn't you. Yeah. People that knew me eventually realized that. Um, but if I could realize that for myself, um, I would have, I would have said that and pursue, uh, the things that, that God had put on my heart. I'm thankful to be doing that. Finally, um, ever since I was younger, I wanted to, to act and, and God opened up the doors years after that. I had denied that stuff of myself because the way I thought people would think of me, mm -hmm. I would have said, do it, do it now. Don't wait, do the things you love. Who cares what people think of you? do what makes you happy um, and, and do the things that are going to bring life, mm -hmm. not things that are um, just going to help people to help you to fit in. Um, but it's okay to distance yourself from those people that you're close to right now um, for the, um, for, as you said, you know, we don't ever give anything up uh, without receiving something in return. Yeah. It was okay to give up those relationships in that time. Um, because what's happened is as I've healed, I've been able to come back and help bring healing and comfort to those, uh, that were close to me, but had sometimes brought a little bit of damage into my life. But now I consider myself a therm a thermostat and not a thermometer. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the one that's setting the temperature. Mm. I don't have to worry about being affected of how everybody else is in the room. And, um, in Austin, you have that capability in you. So do it, be the thermostat, man. Um, and to anybody else listening, you can be a thermostat. Um, God has made you an incredibly unique person. You are a masterpiece. There's no one else like you and there never will be. Um, so be you because everyone else is already taken. Let's go. Let's just get a round of applause for that answer. I loved it. Man, mm. be a thermostat, not a thermometer, y'all. We are setting the tone. We are not changing our temperature for anybody else. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pumped right now. Let's do round two, episode two. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, Follow um, us back for round two, right? <laughs> Thank you for talk. Austin, thank you so much for just sharing all that gold and all that wisdom. Um, thank you for just being so vulnerable and real on here, sharing with us your story of everything that you've gone through and giving yeah. us, you know, the listeners 
uh, insight on, you know, if you are in that situation, you know, how to really come out of that and, and not be afraid to stand up for your um, stand up, you know, for your in- integrity and and being courageous and bold and just so much gold. Like I got to re-listen to this two more times because it is so, so good. But um, Austin, it was so good chatting with you again. Honestly, this was this was awesome. Always is, Megan. It was an honor and a pleasure. And um, I wish you the most success with your podcast and everything that you do. Um, thank you for seeking to to bring life to people um, as you do. You're incredible. Oh, thank you, Austin. We'll yeah. chat later. Okay. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.